0: guys. I hope everyone is enjoying their off-season break. Just thought I'd bring back a few of our early days interviews including this one with West Magpies legend Mick Lubinskis. I had a chat with him way back uh, in mid-2019 so obviously in this chat a few things in the world have happened and changed since then so uh, take take into account that this interview was a few years ago now but it was an awesome chat with Mick talking about his playing days for West back in the uh, in the 70s and obviously plenty of West Magpies. So those who were long-time West Magpies fans will enjoy this one as well as uh, I, as a Balmain fan, definitely, or former Balmain fan, definitely enjoyed the chat and learning about the West history as well. Uh, so without further ado, please enjoy my chat with the great Mick Lubinskis. So um, I'll start with, um, yeah, your playing days. So um, you played for the Magpies in the 70s, debuted 1974. Um, what do you remember of your debut season at the Magpies? Uh,
1: yeah, well, mate, it was, uh, it, was a, it was a torrid time back then. Um, I actually debuted for the Magpies in 72 uh,
0: right.
1: in, in a third-grade match. Uh, third grade, by the way, at the Sydney Cricket Ground. Um, okay. and, the, and the following year in 73, they become under-23. So I went from Jersey flag to playing at the Cricket Ground and then back to under-23s. And then, um, yeah, made my debut de- 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 in uh, at Lidcombe Oval in 74. Yes. So, And we had a pretty good run there. Um, Myself and a couple of the guys, uh, the name of Pat Hundy and Johnny Purcell, we were three young guys thrown in at the deep end. and We had a good run and uh, won off the grand final, so it was a pretty good season.
0: Yep. Um, and, yeah, I'd like to talk, yeah, you've played with a few legends back then and um, obviously no bigger name than one, Tommy Rodoticus. What was he like um, as a teammate?
1: <laughs> well, yeah, he was a teammate. He was a captain. He was a. He was a leader. Yeah. Um, as we all know, you know, Tommy's toughness is never in question. Um, I, I do remember one game against Newtown. I'd come over and I, I'd come on as a substitute probably before I'd made my full baboo. And um, I, I was in the ruck and I missed a tackle and uh, the guy scored under the post and I let him through. And he tore strips off me, <laughs> basically. Yeah. So you know, you do that you know, like nowadays they pat you on the head and say it's all right, well Tommy's your opposite. You do that yeah. again and blah 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 and you know, a few swear words thrown in, but um but then when uh, when the when the going gets a bit tough as they say he he was there to support you and, and you did something well and he'd say, Mate, fantastic and keep going Yeah, he was he was one of a kind the old time, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, and what was the um off the field, there's plenty of stories. I think there's as many stories about him off the field as there are on. Oh, what was he like um off the field?
1: Oh mate, he was he was just one of the boys. And uh Yeah, you know, he was he wasn't a big drinker, Tommy. He 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 loved he loved to get up the pub. We always did, you know, after training we used to go to the pub and have a few beers and he he loved to punt but uh he was very sociable but he had a family as well, see, so um I suppose in those days, we all sort of got together after training um, and then, you know, game day, focus on game day. But we didn't really socialise that much in those days. But um, okay. a, few, a few footy trips away, mate, we had some great trips to the Philippines and to Hong Kong and to Hawaii. Wow. Um, yeah, so in those <laughs> days, the end-of-season football trips were fantastic. Yeah. And uh, blokes like him and Dallas... Dallas Donnelly, they were yeah. just one of a kind on the trips away. They could let their hair down and um, legendary drinking sessions and playing up sessions, but nothing like nowadays. I don't think there'd, there'd be too much criticism uh, apart from you know doing a few silly things and diving in swimming pools and yeah. and that sort of thing. Um, you know, there's not too much, too many bad stories to tell. Uh, okay. I think we're lucky. We were lucky in those days with we no mobile cameras.
0: Yeah, but, definitely.
1: Uh, but um, those trips away were just one of a kind because we, you play the hard season together and you go away for ten days and everyone got up to mischief, but uh, nothing too bad. It was uh, all good.
0: Okay. Yeah, you mentioned mentioned uh, Dallas Donnelly. he I have him down. Yeah, one of the guys I was going to ask about. Um, now, obviously, I was born in '88, so obviously I missed um, oh, yeah? your era. Yeah, so I'm, um, yeah, always interested in hearing on um, yeah the games before my time. So um, yeah, Dallas yeah. Donnelly, I've been told was an absolute like menace on the field. He's tough as tough as they come.
1: Tough as they come, Dallas. I remember him coming down in '75, a uh, young guy from Gunnedah, um Long-haired young guy, and I met him at Narrabeen Beach one day. Um, got introduced, we went and had a few beers. Uh, but Dallas, yeah, um, started the legend started to go from that day onwards. Um, tough bloke, never took a step, backward step. Loved, loved rugby league, just loved to get into it. Um, a great teammate. Um, <laughs> I do remember our trip to Hawaii with Dallas, and uh, myself and him going out, on a few drinking sessions at night and he certainly could drink a lot um there was one night we were both pretty well tanked he got into a bit of trouble and these two huge uh, Hawaiian bouncers grabbed us um had me uh one guy had me and one guy had Dallas we both looked at each other thought what are we going to do here but um we we're okay. We talked our way out of it, but they were, they were big boys. They were bigger than us. Yep. Uh, and yep. I see Dallas getting a bit of rage, but we sort of slowed down a bit and um, we walked away unharmed. So that was, that was pretty cool. Uh, but yeah, he, um, he did a few things away on trips. There was one in, uh, there was one in Hong Kong. We, were, we went out for the day. The boys just went out looking around the sites in Hong Kong, getting suits and shirts and all that sort of stuff. And then, um, on our way back to the hotel, we were walking up the street to our hotel. And we could see every now and again a bottle fly out the window, hit the street, and we've gone strike a light. That's uh, that's Dallas's room. <laughs> anyway, we raced up, we raced upstairs, and there he is in the room, a bathtub full of beer. And he was celebrating his birthday. he was wondering why we weren 't there, so he was a bit upset. We all went there so we We thought we all joined in, and uh that stopped the bottles going out the window but um that 's the type of bloke he was. He was yep. uh, a pretty cool cat at times and um did some did some funny things, but that was that was one of them
0: was send yeah, an F- SMS back I'm, then could you
1: no <laughs> <laughs> no, no but um you know, on the field, he was just one of a kind. Great, great to play with him. And yep. um, you know, if you were in trouble, as in those days, um, you know, cheap shots and that uh, get squares were on the cards. And if you couldn't get square, your teammate would help you out. So that was that was Dallas through and through.
0: Okay, and another guy I have to ask about is uh, Les Boyd. Um, another person that yeah, I've heard so much. Um, about from people to talk about in uh, higher regard what was he like as a teammate
1: yeah Boydie the same thing boy from the country Cootamundra come to town and Dallas nicknamed him Gumleaves of course from the bush yeah Uh, but Boydie Boydie how can I say it he was just a young guy coming in under Roy Masters and um, he was just another terror Uh, the way he he played uh Sometimes we thought he was mad, but he just loved the same thing. Loved rugby league, loved to get into it. Uh, didn't take a backward step, and was just punishing, punishing in defence, and just the way he ran. So, and he gained that reputation with the Magpies uh, before he went over to Manly. But yeah, um, a, a nicest bloke. You wouldn't, you would never meet. Um, I had the pleasure of going down to Cootamundra to. Um, be part of the naming of the les Boyd able at Cootamundra, um with Roy and, and Rick Wade and um, Les showed us a great time took us to dinner um, he lives a great life down there you know he's got cattle uh, but he he sort of shies away from rugby league now he mm. he doesn't doesn't like the West Tigers because he's a West man I suppose he played for Balmain, uh for uh, Manly but yeah, um, yeah. yeah. but you know, he's, he's that type of bloke, but he hmm. also was a terror, and I think his reputation grew at and obviously with his with his suspensions and that. Yeah. But I think that I think that's what got him on the Kangaroo tour in '78. I think it was that um, you know his reputation being fearsome and the way he ran. But nicest
0: bloke and a great teammate, great bloke to play with. Yeah, well, yeah, it sounds like um, yeah, quite. So like he's a typical country boy by the sounds of it. Yeah,
1: well, both, both him and Dallas, country boys, you know. Yeah. But, um, you know, I, I, I was lucky, I suppose, in that era. You go through and you, you come into teams. And I and team I had in the 70s, I had, uh, I had Tommy there. I had Stephen Knight. I had John Snoozer-Elford. You now, these are international players that you that you play with. And,
0: and yep.
1: you know, you feel 10 foot tall and bulletproof going with those guys. So And they help you along, uh, apart from Tommy screaming at you. But... Yeah, you know, drive you along to, to be better. Um, and, you know, it was it was pretty tough those days. I was only yeah. 19 when I come into first grade. So, um, copped a bit, but you also gave a bit. So, it was um, yeah. a, a good time to play. Hard and tough, but fair in yeah, places.
0: <laughs> you, you dropped a couple of names there. So, one of my questions is going to be, is there any... Um, any teammates that you had in that era that you think don't get enough raps uh, these days? Like the names, um, like Boyd and Donnelly um, get t- uh, mentioned a lot. Is there any guys you think are unspoken heroes?
1: Oh, <laughs> I think all the guys i played yeah, are unspoken heroes. I know heroes. it's
0: hard to pick across, amongst yeah, you teammates. Know, I, You're I, all I, teammates, I, yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, I can go through a hell of a lot. You know, Russell Mullen, Steve Saddley, uh, Robbie Parker. Um, Jeff Foster, um, as I said, Pat Hundy, John Purcell, Jimmy Myers, these guys that you know you played first grade with, um, you shed a lot of blood with them and yeah. a lot of tears, but you also had some great times. And uh, the thing about West through the 70s is that um, there was everyone wanted to play for the Magpies in those eras. You know, there was no changing teams. You come through mm. as a junior, you played there. Um, even with me, and I went to Balmain. I was sad to go. I couldn't get a contract, but I, I I went. But I still still had good mates there, as you always do. And still yeah. and still to this day have the same guys. But yeah, they're sort of I suppose not not well known names, but they all had their mark in in the games they played. And I think you know, as I said, just about every guy I played with at West was a was a was a really good player in yeah. my eyes. And and um, we all got along. That, that was the main thing. We were all good teammates, and I think still to this day we still have our, our reunions, and we're still all good teammates.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I did see that you're part of the uh, the Pratten Park Magpies Past Players So Association. Is that um, do you guys basically just have reunions and um, meet up every now and then? Is that what happens with that?
1: Well, it, it's been going for thirty-three years now. Uh, started okay. by Billy Owens, um, and it was just a off-the-cuff remark to get get some guys together, and it's grown. and We've got over four hundred and eighty members at the moment through wow. through the eras of uh, you know we've lost quite a few, obviously, but hmm. through the late fifties, sixties, all up to the year two thousand. We also incorporate West Tigers players oh, who awesome. played back so. Um, yeah, we actually got our reunion coming up uh, next month, and okay. we expect we two two to three hundred. We have that every year. We're the only club in Sydney that has a full blown reunion, and we're and we're we're bankrolled by West Ashfield. They they provide us a grant, yeah. um, and you know we invite uh, this year. We've got because it's uh, year two thousand nineteen. We've invited the Balmain sixty nine grand final team, uh, oh, the that's guys that cool. uh, Left in that, so we're going to celebrate that with them. Um, and there'll be some war stories there. everyone every, one of our major things at these reunions is that we have uh, individual stories from people in the in the in the uh, gathering uh, who have some great stories to tell, and they're always kept in house. But um, I think this year will be even special with with uh, I suppose those main players being there, Gary Leo and those sort of guys. So. Yeah, we, we have that every every year. Uh, it's been going very well. Um, we've got a committee, and um, I, I mean, I've got guys that I coach down at at uh, Campbelltown in the flag, and I've got them coming along now. So there's a whole crop of new players coming um, to keep our sort of West Magpies, Patton Park Magpies, ex players association going. So it's been pretty sure. good, pretty good. Yeah,
0: that's awesome. Well, I'm sure. Um, they're going to bring up the next or uh, year that I'm going to talk about. 1978. Uh, your, it was your last year at the club, but uh, minor premiers you were that that year, I believe, but uh, fell heartbreakingly short of the grand final. What do you remember of that year in particular?
1: Uh, Roy Masters, <laughs> Roy, Roy, and his innovations. Roy and his mind games. Uh, Roy as a coach and. Um, I think that was the main thing, you know, uh, making Lidcombe the fortress it was. Um, Roy was that type of coach um, who got the best out of players and really revved up those guys who, um, who could be revved up, I suppose. That's, it's all of us. But, you know, uh, him and Tommy had a, formed a formidable combination in regards to it all. Um, uh, but Roy was one of a kind and um, I didn't play that many first grade I had a lot of injuries that year but um, that, that final which we shouldn't have lost because Graham O'Grady did score the try and um, the referee ruled him offside how could he rule him offside when he kicked the ball that was mm. the funny thing about it and we were robbed again I mean yeah. I, don't
0: know
1: if I don't know if it's perpetually West getting robbed but it seems to be the case But yeah, no, I mean, I I do remember the pre-season being pretty brutal. Uh, Roy had a lot of innovative ideas um, through, I remember going out doing 100, 200 and 300 metre sprints for four hours in the blazing sun. I remember going on on camps um, out near Hullsworthy Army Camp, running through the bush and climbing hills and running around from Lidcomable through to Sewerwater carrying bricks in each arm. That was due to <laughs> Rob Rowland-Smith, our, our, our trainer. So, you know, those days it was it was pretty Spartan, but, um, yeah. you know, compared say, to what they do nowadays. But I was going to say that. I was going to say that would
0: be pretty standard um, pre-season now, but in the 70s, that um, yeah, does it, I think a few of the players might have yeah, been a bit of a shock to the system back then.
1: Well, I think that, you know, I mean, with, with Roy and with Rob Rowland-Smith, I mean, he was innovative as well. And we we do a lot of different things during pre-season to get yourself right. And don't forget, we're, you know, most, well, I worked, everyone worked. Yeah. And um, this was just in your downtime, which you had to go to training three nights a week. And then on weekends, if Roy ordered it, you do extras. So, and that was the thing about it. So... Um, I think the build-up to that year was really good, and it was a really good feeling in the club with the players there. And consequently, you know, falling one short of the grand final again was was pretty heartbreaking. But yeah. um, you know, as I said, not bad, not a, not not bad for a for a team like that, anyway.
0: Yeah, I mean, um, I was going to ask you. You spoke a lot about it already, but yeah, the differences between now because you're obviously involved with the West Tigers and you've been involved with the game. Um, even post- career. So what kind of changes have you seen in terms of being a player um, between your day and now? Obviously, um, training's a lot different, but this uh, as you said, you most people would will pretty much all you guys had a job. Um, yeah, how how different was it back then? well, that was
1: that was it. it's chalk and cheese. I mean nowadays the professional player, um that's his job, you know and he yeah. goes to work. And does what he has to do in regards to uh, strength and conditioning, um, recovery, physio, um, time trials, everything's monitored, weight, uh, heart rate, um, number of metres. I suppose looking back, the the changes from us in regards to when we were sort of semi-professional, we all did try to do the right thing. Uh, Well, most of us did anyway, eat the right foods and... And prepare ourselves for the game in regards to the training we did. But you know, three nights a week, uh, ball work, uh, going through moves, that sort of thing, and then um, what they call a captain's run, probably Friday night, for a, a brief, brief, brief run ready for the game. I mean, I've seen involved with the West Tigers, um, you know, the, the professionalism of the club is. Is paramount, and uh, I was I was lucky enough to be on the trip last year when we played Melbourne in New Zealand, which we won. And yep. the players are put up in a in a, a four or five star hotel. They've they've got all the food prepared for them. They've got comfy beds. Um, you know they they've got uh, all the physios there, all the all the support staff uh, to prepare themselves for the game. It's so. How can I say professional? That um, you go, wow, that's pretty good. Yeah. I mean, we didn't we didn't even have a physio. We had a couple of guys who were strappers and and medicos. I don't think I don't know how qualified they were. Yeah. And even in our day, uh, Josh, our uh, chief medical officer, um, he was a gynecologist. <laughs> <laughs> Very useful for a rugby league team. <laughs> <laughs> but um, he was just. Uh, he was something else but he was he was such a good supporter um, fantastic guy and uh, but you know nowadays it's it's just so different and you know these guys the way they prepare themselves um, we've just got to keep on going along those lines and try and ensure that the um, the West Tigers have you know reached those sort of high high points to make sure that we can competitive. I mean, yep. that's why I'm there. I'm trying to help in that. I've been, I was involved in a few pre-season training runs. Uh, I was enough, uh, lucky enough to be invited, and that's through my mate, Rob Roland-Smith. We did the sand hills at Palm Beach with the boys.
0: And, oh, I saw that um, footage of that, yeah.
1: Yeah, so I, I've done that for 40 years, so I, I knew what I was in for, but some of the guys who'd done it before, yeah, they knew what they were in for, but the new guys, uh, and Rob Rob was pretty brutal with him. He he gave it to him that day. Um, at the end of it, um, you know, once you finish, you feel so elated and and that yeah. it's all over. <laughs> it's it's a relief. But um, you know, just just the way they attack it nowadays, the guys they're all ready for it. They know, and that's that's their job. They've got to be ready for it. They've got to be prepared, and, and yeah. they are.
0: <sighs> it is there anything in the game in terms of on the field? Um, that you you kind of miss. Um, I know for myself, uh, the game seems to have slowed down a little bit more. Um, the play of the ball, the bit of, like the Melbourne Storm brought in brought in a bit of wrestling and stuff. Is there anything uh, in the game in terms of on the field that you'd like to be a little bit more like the old days? Oh, I love to
1: have the scrums, like the old days.
0: <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, it's another one that gets talked I mean, about the a thing, lot. The, yeah. the
1: thing was, Josh. I mean. You do know the difference. When you go from under-23s to reserve grade to first grade, there is a definite change in pace. And when you get to first grade, it is frenetic. And I watch them nowadays, especially their State of Origin. I don't know how they do it, but obviously they train for it. But the yeah. scrums the scrums we had was, you know, you, you get ready for it. Um, you pack it down. You get ready. Then you just run into each other, fight for the ball. Hooker was there. Front rowers, uh, second rowers pushing, win the ball, away you go. And it was always a hard slot. It's always yeah. you, know, you had to, apart from tackling, you had to be ready for the scrums because you had to give, you know, all your best and energy in the scrum. Yeah. And I think that that nowadays would be something else if they started that. And also yeah. the um, the replacement rule. I mean. Really, let's have a contest where you've got 80 minutes, and if, if you are injured or a head knock, yeah, come off and get replaced. But that would that would be a battle of attrition. That would that would yeah. show these guys, you know, if they can play for that amount of time. And it opened the game up. It absolutely yep. opened the game up.
0: Yeah, fatigue is so, definitely but, a big one. Um, like you said, the scrums they essentially get a rest now. You, you kick the ball out and the scrum, it, you do it for a rest. Whereas, yeah, back in your day, it would they were intense.
1: Yeah, and I, and even, you know, I suppose they do they do stop the play for for any injuries and that, that's well warranted, but um I think you know, the head knocks and I you know, I don't know if I'm not really worried about that. I've had quite a few and yeah. we, we when we go to reunions we sort of look at each other, we've got name tags to make sure we know who we're <laughs> talking to. But <laughs> but um I don't know, I mean uh I suppose it's just part and parcel of the game but they do yeah. the, the boys are bigger now I mean they're 110 kilos I mean I I well, think the my playing up, yeah. Weight was, yeah my playing weight was about 102 kilos uh, I'm 6 foot 4 and some of these you know, Polynesian boys they're just yeah. huge yeah and,
0: they're you big know,
1: 120 100, 130 kilos that's that's massive yeah but you know it's the, the game I and mean, that's what they train for that's what they do weight, strength and conditioning to absorb the punishment, and obviously to, to give it out. So uh, I think it's all part and parcel of the game. But I think if you if we go back to that um, no replacement rule, maybe that'll happen. I, I don't think so. Anyway, yeah. Yeah, I think
0: fatigue... On. Yeah, fatigue's definitely something they've got to bring back into the game because I think there's, there's obviously got to be safety, but I think they need to find a perfect balance between letting players get tired and also keeping them safe at the same time. And I think it definitely can be done it's a bit stop start at the moment Um, and yeah maybe the big boys have a little bit less of an advantage if you do um, make them a tie and let the little guys come back into the game
1: yeah well they're not little guys Josh I mean I think you know I looked at Moses Embai the other day I mean he's solid he's he's, he's about 5 foot 10 you know for a fullback uh, uh, playing centre this weekend he's a big boy yeah. Um even um even Booksy, you know, Booksy's a solid lad, you
0: know, Yeah, and, yeah. He's no, he he
1: tackles, he tackles accordingly. Um so yeah. um you know they are a size, they're not they're not that small, but there are quite a few of those guys in the game but they yeah. they just you know they train for it.
0: Yeah. I I say I say little relatively speaking. I got a photo of Corey Thompson and even he's got about an inch on me, so that's um, yeah. When I when I uploaded that photo, people were like, "Well, you must be really short." And I'm like, "No, he's just he just looks short compared to um, the rest Everyone of the else. players on the field."
1: Yeah. yeah. How good is he, going? He's just you know, a consistent player, Corey.
0: Yeah, he's uh, got heart for the side. Yeah, that's a big thing. Um, thing with him.
1: I'm glad. I'm glad that they've signed him again. But you know, he he, um, he just just a safe sort of player. But, you know, he's there at the right time. Uh, I've got a lot of time for the kid. He's he's really good. Goes really well.
0: Yeah, he's, um, he's become definitely a fan favourite because, I mean, at the end of the day, you're not going to be filled with a team of superstars or, honestly, the Roosters. But um, you guys like Corey Thompson, at least you can see every week he's going to put in 100% effort and put his body on the line, even though he's probably got... Thirty kilos less than some of the blokes, you'll still run the ball back like his heart. Um, his life depends on it. So yeah, yeah he's that, definitely yeah, a, yeah. Um, you know, the type of player that you can really um, fall for as a fan without um, getting too emotional about it. But um, yeah, yeah, in terms of the West Tigers, what's um, I won't ask you to reveal any secret plans or that. But um, <laughs> it's been a rough Can't trot. Do that, Josh. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'll just I'll, I'll keep it kind of um, vague. Just. It's been a bit of a rough trot lately, so is there anything yep. us fans no, can like kind it. of look forward to? Um, can we be a bit... There's a lot of, lot of people... I'm trying to stay... Um, I'm more of a glass half full sort of guy, so I'm trying to keep positive yep. and think... Um, the light at the end of the tunnel is coming and we've got a great coach and um, I'm sure I have no doubts that he will um, yeah, get things on the right track again. Is there... Is there something that you can say that could k- give us West Tigers fans a bit more hope for the um, short-term future?
1: Yeah, well, I'm, I'm there with you. Uh, I, I ride <laughs> all the highs and lows as well. And look,
0: yeah.
1: I think after the Ivan Cleary situation, which was unfortunate and the way that it turned out, um, I think with Michael Maguire, uh, we have gained an excellent coach, uh, an excellent person, an excellent team manager, and Michael has the plans for the future, which um, he's putting into place. And um, every player in the club or that comes to the club would be under no illusions as to what Michael McGuire wants from them as a player. And he expects uh, yeah, a particular, um, I suppose, rating or yep. a, uh, a player to have those sort of abilities that um, they're renowned for and he's got a high standard that he wants to to put every player at now I think that's what I can say to you is for the West Tigers fans that we you know, there's a lot of misconceptions out there and you read a lot of stuff in the paper which is dead set wrong, I see it and I go wow where'd they get that from Um, but uh, I have a lot of faith in Michael and I wish I would have played underneath him as a coach because I've seen him in the dressing room, the way that he deals with players, um, his methods, the way the way he deals with staff, um, fans, uh, board personnel, everyone. um he, he is really good at his job. So um, I think looking forward to it's it's not going to be an easy road, but I think that in the future, how we how he puts the team together and how he gets his roster together because he's inherited, Ivan Cleary's roster, and he's going to do the yeah. best he, he can with that. But, um, you know, he's working on it. And as he says, they're, they're grown men. They're all in it together. He's there to, to promote their identity on the field, that they can play the best they can. And that's what he's about. So I think that is all good for the West Tigers. And he, I can say this, that I, I do want him to be there for the long run, and I'm sure he will be.
0: Okay. That's yeah. That's very reassuring. Is it Is um, that all right? <laughs> Yeah. No. That's that's great. That's um. The yeah. The hairs are starting to set up on, I, the, on the back. of My neck. I just you know, just,
1: <laughs> you know I, I, I do listen to a lot of the, the fans and supporters. Yeah. There are a lot of misconceptions out there, and um, you know I do read social media, and I sort of go, oh, well, but um, mate, we we as a club obviously want to do the best for our players and the best for our fans. We wouldn't be in the game otherwise. You know, we want to win as much as anyone else. So we are looking at, with Michael Maguire on board, restructuring everything, making sure that he gets everything he needs, um, within reason, I suppose, um, to to be successful. Because we want success just as much as anybody else. And... um, yeah, you know, that's what I'm hoping for the future. That uh, with with Michael there, um, that we can we can do that.
0: Yeah, and uh, another positive too is the club's actually doing. I don't think people or fans realise the club's actually doing pretty well off the field, aren't we? In terms of the business, yeah, the look, franchise. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Look, well, that, that's what it is. It's a business, and um, it's unfortunate what happened to Justin Pascoe, but he's due back next week. Yep. Now. Um, in, in terms of sponsorship, membership, and merchandise, there's three main areas there. We're going okay. We can do better, and yeah. we want to improve on that. And when Justin comes back, he's got a lot of work to do. Uh, we're helping him out with that. But those sort of areas in the club um, are most important for the whole of the club to run. Um, yeah, you get a certain amount from the NRL, which pays to the players. That's the product. Yeah. But the club itself, you know... Um, off the field in regards to what we do for um, communities and developments. Uh, Our junior rugby league, which is being revamped. Our footprint, which goes from Balmain to MacArthur to Group 6, um, that's all being revamped and looked at. So, um, you know, we need to promote those juniors to, to promote the development of the juniors, promote the development of the coaches out there to make sure that we're all on the one team. And that's what we're looking forward to,
0: doing all that. Yeah, awesome.
1: And, that, and as you said, going well off the field, that that is part and parcel of West Tigers.
0: Yep. And I think all those things will come... Um, I don't think you can do much a better job off the field without getting the rewards of on the field. I think all those things that you said that we kind of... Um, Need to increase in terms of membership sales and everything. They they always get better when the team plays well. The bandwagoners are all always come yeah, back. Could, so um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You so, couldn't have said it
1: better. That, that's it. You know, Team success on the field is is the major major yeah. part of it. Um, you know, once the team starts winning, supporters will start getting on board. Merchandise sales, membership, sponsorship. That that all flows on.
0: That, yeah,
1: absolutely. I mean, that's a given. So we we realise that. And that's what we work for.
0: Yeah. I mean it's, it's a credit just, to you I mean, guys. Um, you No, you go.
1: No, no, I'll just saying that's that's what we strive for. That's what we you know, the governance of of the club is is paramount in that way, that we need to make sure that all those areas external to football work in accordance yeah. with, with the football team. That's that's what we're about.
0: Yeah, I was just going to say, it's a credit to you guys. I mean, the team hasn't made the playoffs, uh, the semi-finals in eight years, if you, if we don't make it this year. And the fact <laughs> you guys are still one of the most profitable clubs um, in the league, like, that's pretty phenomenal. You just think what will happen when uh, we start winning again. So I, there's yeah. uh, plenty plenty to look forward to as a West Tigers fan. But It's uh, not all grey skies just yet. Yeah,
1: no, I think that, you know... Um... I've only been there a short time, uh, but I've learnt so much, and I think that the club has learnt so much over these last, you know, seven seasons. Um, look, we've, we've had some unfortunate things happen, but we've always seemed to be kept on punching away you know, uh, at, at trying to do our best, which I think augurs well for the club. And you know, I'm quietly confident that we've got a bright future. Um, it's just that we need to to get our act together and make sure we we're all behind Michael and yep. and the staff and make sure you know, the players uh, we get the right players. Um, so even with this year, you know we've got 30 players now. Tim Manor's come on um, and everyone's gone. Oh, Tim Manor. but you know Michael's got a game plan with that. And um, okay. you know we we have some injuries. We have some current injuries, and he. Just wants to prepare himself, and he thinks that Tim Manor can do a job for us, which I think he can. Um, okay. So, you know, there's always it's not just speculation how these things happen. There is a there is a mindset and a game plan on on, on what what happens. So, it's not just off the cuff stuff. So, um, just to keep everyone calm down, yep. we'll see what happens from here. I might be okay. proven wrong, but I think that he's he's got he's got the right way to
0: go okay that's yeah it's very reassuring and obviously um i keep telling people who keep throwing up the perth thing can i please i keep telling them they're idiots and that it's definitely not going <laughs> to happen please tell me i'm 100 percent totally right in doing that aren't i
1: 100 <laughs> as far as i'm concerned 100 not going anywhere yeah
0: yeah we're, you know, we're, we're, we're
1: we're in the process of um building a not not we, but the government building a centre of excellence at, Con- at Concord, which yep. is a community development. And this is where, I suppose, everyone gets their knickers in a night. Now, Concord Oval um, has been that way for 35 years. It's, it's it's a nice oval. It's got a couple of grandstands. But they played the 70-something World Cup there, In the 79 World Cup of uh, rugby. Now, the governments of the state, the federal, and the council have got together to build this community development. West Tigers will have a small portion of it, and West Harbour Rugby will have a small portion of it, and the community will have the rest. So it's a community development centre of excellence for the whole area to be involved in. Now, Campbelltown, on the other hand, they have been planning a centre of excellence for the last 12 years that I know of. It hasn't even got off the ground yet. Now... What do we do? I mean, we, we go with the strength. We stay where we are, but mm-hmm. our footprint goes way out to the, to the southwest in MacArthur. Now, mm-hmm. once the council build that, we expect that we will lease part of that as well and have that as an academy area for our juniors and junior development and under-20s teams. So the plans are in place. They've just got to be finished and built, and then we can go from there. But you know the the centre of excellence at Concord is going to be one hell of a COE, I tell you. It's going to it's, it's absolutely fantastic looking, but it's going to take a year and a half to build. So
0: yeah,
1: you know we have to we have to be patient.
0: Yeah, a year and a half will I mean that'll fly really. Eighteen months it is will. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it's 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 not that far away that uh, any players signing contracts with the Tigers you can. Like, I'm sure it goes a long way in terms of saying, look, um, we've got these facilities. I'm sure it's helped Penrith with their um, their new centre of excellence and then there's teams like Roosters and Brisbane who have such good facilities. I'm sure it helps players make the decision and say, yes, I'm going to the right club.
1: Yeah, well, it does. But you've got to take, in, take it all in context because Souths are building a new one out at Matreville.
0: Yeah. Uh, the
1: Roosters obviously have lost theirs because the football stadium has been time. pulled down so oh. they've got temp- they got temporary premises and uh, i mean I went through the Brisbane center of Excellence when I was up there for the magic when I went on a tour and wow i mean <laughs> that's something else you know but there's there's a one one team te- uh, one team in one town yeah. and um it's it's solely for them across the road from their Lewis club now. I mean if, if we had something like that, that would be extraordinary. But yep. it ain't gonna happen, you know. I yep. think that's the thing. Um, and you'd think that Brisbane, with all their success yeah, because they have this beautiful facility and everything's mm. there, uh, but you know, beginning of the season they weren't going too good. So Yeah, well
0: they've won a grand final since two thousand six. So they have they've got,
1: no, they've got, they've so. Got, they've got no excuse not to perform yeah. well on the field. That's that's for sure.
0: Yeah. And
1: and you know, when when we all get these centre of excellences, which may may in the future teams will have the best of everything to prepare themselves to be ready and yeah no excuses that you know the facilities aren't good or the grounds not good or anything like that so yeah it's going to be tough on the players but you know they have to that's their job so yeah hopefully we'll be right
0: that's awesome yeah that's uh, very uh, I'm ready for ready for kickoff now I'm ready for um, I'm pumped now. You got me pumped, Mick. I'm very uh, very enthusiastic about my team after having a week of uh, moping about the, the results um, that yeah, we've had lately. I'm always,
1: yeah. I'm always like that, Josh. Uh, yep. you know, going to the games, I'm always nervous. I feel like I'm going to play. Um, <laughs> even when I go out and I watch the reserve grade and our Ron Massey, I go out and watch them yep. as much as I can. I'm going out on Sunday to Campbelltown to watch the Magpies, a reserve grade team. Um, And I've got a lot of time for Betty Hodgson, a great coach, and the players in there that that I know fairly well, uh, because I'm there most times watching them play and also watching the Ron Massey play. So, um, you know, it's good to go out and watch the the up-and-comers, and and hopefully some of those players will graduate the first grade. There's obviously a few first graders there, uh but you know they're getting paid and they've got to play and um hopefully they can put on a good show on sunday
0: that's hopefully yeah we uh we're due some uh yeah some uh, there's always light under the end of the tunnel and always there's losses and there's wins you got to take them um i know i'm trying to work on my um as i get a little bit older into my 30s i'm trying to be a little bit more calmer with um with the results of the football but um as my wife really wants me to, but um, yeah, it sounds like there's plenty of wins <laughs> down the track in coming, and the club's in um, in good hands with guys like yeah. yourself and uh, Justin and the like.
1: Yeah, but you know, we need people like you, mate. I mean, that's that's the heart and soul of the club is the fans, and, and you know we want everyone to get out to Bankwest. You know, even though yeah. it's a new stadium, it's great. Um, you know we go away from our traditional homes of of Campbelltown and Leichhardt and AMZ but um, you know no matter where we play if the fans come I I tell you the players really appreciate it I mean the players know you know when they run out and they they know that you're there and um, I can say this that they're always trying I mean I think the last three games it's just the luck has deserted us in a lot of ways the bounce of the ball couple of decisions, all this sort of stuff has gone against us. But there will be a time when that will turn around and and uh, you know, the players will make that happen. And then we'll see another side of West Tigers, I'm quite confident.
0: Yeah, no, it's good to hear that because my episode last week, I went on a rant um, about fans <laughs> not turning up to... Yeah, I like, I like to go on a bit of a rant, part of my show. Um, yeah, hopefully people find that entertaining. But my rant last episode was about people not turning up to Bank West on the Friday night when I got there, um, and it was, the crowd was empty. I was so looking forward to um, having our first home game there and to see the fans not turning up and fans saying, I refuse to go there. It's like, like it's a awesome facility. The team, yeah. like, I could just tell, because I sit 50 metres, um, like, I was sitting basically 50 metre line, so when the boys are running out, running towards... Towards us, like I could kind of tell that they were just like, "Oh, is this all, all we've got," sort of thing. So I'm, sh- yeah. And as I said in my <laughs> rant, I'm sure it gives them a bit of. Um, it might only yeah. give them two, two or three percent extra when you got that crowd behind you, but that can be the difference between winning and losing. So um, I like to think that we play no, our part w- when we go to the game.
1: Yeah, that was that was a good thing back in the old days. You know, you you sort of um, you run out in, in- in a, in, a, in my day with Western Suburbs, you run out and lift with a full house, and um, yeah, you know you you you, you would just hear it. Uh, that was my best memory was running out in the cricket ground with forty thousand people there. You know, it's just just lifts um, you. Yeah. So those sort of things happen, and um, yeah, you know, I think it's great for the players. So it's good to hear that. That you're passionate about that, so yep. I hope all the fans do get behind us. I'm pretty sure they are. They're out there. We have just got to give them. A
0: yeah, yeah. We've definitely got a loyal fan base. Um, yeah, we have to be with. Uh, um, Whether I think we even enjoy being underdogs a little bit, but um, yeah, it's, uh, there's plenty for the fans to um, look forward to in the future and brighter days ahead, and hopefully a grand final uh, or semi-finals um, aren't too far away. Um, yeah, Mick. Yeah, I'll I'll uh, let you go. It's uh, been yeah. Give me forty five minutes. It's been awesome to uh, reminisce with you and get a an insider look at the club. Um, I'm sure the fans will really enjoy this chat I've had with you, especially the old West boys. Is there anything? Um, well, firstly, thank you to our mutual friend uh, Cassandra who um, put me on to you. Cass, as well. yeah. I'll give her right. a shout out that she asked me to do. Um, no, but thanks a lot, Cass for setting this up. Um, is there anything you'd like to yeah, promote? She... Um, you said there's an upcoming um, reunion. Is there anything else you'd like to uh, add?
1: Oh, no, I think that, um, I think, you know, just thank you for letting me um, voice my opinion on a, on a few things and thank you for the opportunity. Um, also, thanks to Cass, she, she now owes me a couple of beers. <laughs> um so in we'll turn, I owe her but, a couple of them. <laughs> I might see her at Henson Park for the return match of the West versus Newtown Tom Adonikas Cup, but yeah. no, look. Um, thanks for the opportunity, and and yeah, um, any ex-West players out there, they can contact the club uh, and come to the reunion if, if you haven't uh, been part of it. Uh, we we welcome anyone and everyone who was part of the West Magpies back then, and as I yeah. said, we've got the Balmain. 69 team coming this year, so it'll be a double celebration. But no, nice. mate, I, I just think that um, to all the fans out there, just hang in there. Um,
0: you know, we are
1: we do want to win, <laughs> absolutely. We do yeah. want to get the best team in the paddock, absolutely. We believe now we've got a very good coach there, a guy who's got a um, a battle plan, an action plan, and all I can say is I just look for the coming seasons for. Yeah, you know, better opportunities for us, so it should be okay.
0: Well said, Mick. That's awesome.
1: No problem. Thanks, thanks, Josh.
0: Thanks, guys. you listening to another episode of the West Life Podcast. As always, we are sponsored by West Ashfield Leagues Club, and as well as MG Pump Solutions. If you could please subscribe, if you'd love to hear us again, we're going to have episodes every twice a week. Every week, this season, Mondays and Thursdays. So we're going to, as the season rolls in, uh, be sure to catch us every week. And if you can, give us a like on the socials, so at West Life Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, search for West Life Podcast on Facebook. And if you'd like to take part in the show, uh, patreon.com forward slash West Life. It's just a couple of bucks a month to help grow the show. We'll see you again next time on the West Life Podcast.